Welcome to Farscape Friday, episode 28. I'm Kay here with my co-host Taz. Hello. Today we'll be discussing the Farscape season two episode, Picture If You Will. Let's get started. Welcome back. Here's a quick summary of Picture If You Will. Chiana brings a painting on board Moya that shows how each crew member will die. As they each die according to the painting's predictions, Zan realizes they're fighting an old enemy, Maldus. So on the surface, this is the second time Farscape has done the seeing in the future trope. Back and back to the future was the first. But while this episode starts out that way with this painting that shows incidents that are going to happen... It actually turns out to be a different type of story where she and the others are being manipulated by Maldus from that old black magic in season one in order for him to regain his strength to return to the physical world and to get revenge on Zan who killed him or dispersed him in the first place. And while I don't really care about Maldus like at all, I kind of like this episode because it has a lot of really nice character stuff that keeps it afloat. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. I think that when I was remembering this episode because ironically I do remember this episode even though I don't remember huge chunks of Farscape season two I was like oh that was a bad one and then as I was watching it I was like well this wasn't as bad as I remember right I don't know if that (laughs) I mean I don't know if that's really like a a good thing but it's not a bad thing let me put it that way yeah, I mean, as this, as far as episodes go, this is kind of one of those episode of the week kind of things. Like, there's nothing that advances huge, deep things about the characters, and nothing that advances a Scorpius plot line, for instance. But they have a mystery they have to solve. They don't know what's going on. And we have the recurrence of Maldus, who, to be frank, is not my favorite of the villains. He's probably one of my least favorite of the villains, actually, because he's kind of like, okay, you're this big bad person doing your big bad thing. It's like, just, you just feel so <laughs> random. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you remember, but in Taking the Stone, I mentioned that Farscape doesn't tend to do villains that are just like, ooh, I'm bad because I woke up and I want to be bad. And that's the feeling you get with Maldus. Is you yeah, get he's the, like, the exception. <laughs> is it like he, he woke up one day and he was like, I'm just going to be evil. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what he feels like. He's a very one note villain. And I like that he's a villain designed for Zan, and that gives her the the role of being the, the badass who has to defeat him. I like that aspect of it. But, you know, he's just a bad dude. And I don't know, there's nothing complex about him at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think actually, ironically, what I found interesting about that old black magic was kind of how over-the-top Shakespearean he was. Mm-hmm. And then here, it's almost like that has been dumbed down because we see so little of Maldus until like the very end. Yeah, he's a late reveal, too. It's not like until over at the halfway point, I think, that Zan actually says his name, that that's who they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. That said, the Maldus parts aside, he does give a good setup for seeing these some of these character interactions and seeing how the crew works together. Because this is a very, very teamy episode Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of trust that happens which is you know in light of the way we weren't which was the previous episode you can see that a lot of the rifts have been healed going forward from that episode like the trust is back and that's kind of nice to have 
Yeah, it is kind of a reassorting normalcy episode. You know, they're back into a place where they don't, there isn't any friction with Aaron over over her past, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So actually the episode starts with (laughs) Rigel, Chiana, and Aaron on this trader ship and the trader is like trying to sell them all this stuff and And it's like junk it's like junk yeah it's junk Rigel finds a knockoff Hynerian crown and it's a tiara can I just say it's a tiara because I love that Hynerians have tiaras it just makes me happy inside Chiana keeps circling back to this painting and the trader's like oh you should take it and Chiana's like no 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 I don't take anything that's that doesn't have value and she's like I decorate my quarters I don't put up art mm-hmm. but she keeps circling back to it and eventually the traders just as they're leaving the trader is like just take it it's free and Aaron apparently is there to make sure that they don't trade away like Moya that's her because <laughs> she's sitting in the background glaring and they're like why did you even come and she's like because I knew that you guys would you know trade all we had for junk right right so so they end up taking the painting and in the painting is a very small little portrait of Chiana and they don't explicitly explicitly say, oh, that's you. This has mystical properties. It's just like, oh, that kind of looks like you. You should take it. But that becomes very important because the the portrait, as we come to understand, does have mystical properties of foretelling the future mm-hmm. and it changes and it shows a necklace that Chiana had lost. And when she gets back on Moya, who does she see but a DRD carrying the necklace? So it's kind of one of the first signs that it is, it is a window into time, which is what the what the shopkeeper calls it, and that it's going to be doing strange things. Mm-hmm. After finding the necklace, the painting immediately changes to Chiana with her leg like disconnected from her body, mm-hmm. and then she stands up, trips over the DRD that brought her the necklace. <laughs> and breaks her leg yeah (laughs) so again the painting has foretold the future so Chiana completely buys into it and meanwhile John and Zan who come check on her when she breaks her leg are like what are you talking about it's got to be something weird going on it's it's not doing anything weird of course it's doing something weird yeah of course it's doing something weird (laughs) I don't know why they don't buy that first thing I think John because John still doesn't like mystical stuff I think it's denial that anything bad is going to happen because John especially is in a place where he doesn't want anything bad to happen. Yeah. And they just, they just want to catch a break. Yeah. Whoops. I didn't mean to make a pun. Sorry. (laughs) They just want to catch a break. That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, they deserve one. Let's put that out there. They do. It's been, it's been a busy couple of weeks. So Chiana gets taken back to her quarters. She gives up a tiny little chip of her painting so Zan can analyze it. And she doesn't want to let the painting out of her sight. And then she and Dargo have this interesting conversation because we talked about how maybe because his his holy people have some mystical powers that that's why he buys into mysticism more but they end up having this really interesting conversation given that Dargo kind of does believe in mystical things isn't there something wonder what it'll show me next suppose it's not just predicting events but actually causing them it brought me back my necklace and then it turned around and broke my leg why would it do that I don't know 
Well, then why not just believe it's what the old woman says it is? A window into time. Assuming all that is true, do you really want to know what the future holds? Of course I do. Come on, Dargo, don't you want to know if you're ever going to find your son? No. If it's bad news, then uh, I don't want to lose all hope. What well, might keep you from, from spending your whole life searching for something that's never going to happen? If I don't try, it will definitely never happen. Many episodes that talk about have a future aspect where you're seeing the future and then seeing it in action and there's a discussion of what are the consequences of knowing about the future before it happens and self-fulfilling self-fulfilling prophecies and here we get a little bit of that conversation and it's one of the very 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 few conversations about the whole time travel aspect or the future seeing aspect that we get in this episode and i really like that dargo is is like I really don't want to know because he's holding on to hope and he doesn't want to have that hope smashed. That's like one of the reasons he gets up in the morning is that he will be, he has the hope that he will see his son again one day. And I really like that because inevitably in almost any other sci-fi or fantasy time, future seeing prophecy episodes, um, you know, the main character who is seeing the future messes it up and there's this moral about knowing about the future and it feels like we just kind of jumped straight to it right here and dealt with it, or at least have it out in the open with Dargo's comments here. Yeah. I mean, and this this episode does do some really nice meta things. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's very self-aware of the time travel trope and and how it has been used in the past in science fiction television. And also, I don't know, I like the idea of Chiana really wanting to know the future whereas Dargo doesn't I don't Mm -hmm. know I think it just says really neat things about their characters because then the other thing is they end up talking about their future because as we kind of hinted at the past few episodes have really implied that you know that's the direction they're heading They kind of like each other yeah I really love all of Dargo and Shiana's scenes in this episode because this is this is the episode where it really launches. Like you've had the hints in the in the past couple episodes, are what uh, crackers don't matter when they're partnering up against the others. But here, here there really is an undercurrent of flirting between the two of them, and it's really cute. It is so cute. <laughs> but then, yeah, it's super cute. But then like Dargo obviously immediately puts his foot in his mouth because he's like. He's like, well, if it tells us about our future, I don't really want to know about our future. And she's like, you don't want to know if we have a future? And he's like, he's like, no, nah, I mean, I, I do. And he's like, anyway, get rid of this. It's completely illogical <laughs> to have this painting. And she's like, are you saying I'm illogical? And she kicks yeah. him out. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dargo. He's just, he just needs some help with women sometimes. Oh, my God. He needs so much help. Who is, I mean, in he's like slept with a brain, you know, like, the girl he from... slept with like the most people of anybody on the ship. <laughs> oh yeah, like he's he's had the most sex so far, but he's also yeah. keeps sleeping with like bad choice people. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. <laughs> with the exception of that poor like brain wiped girl from Friday Friday back or thank God it's Friday again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> John and Aaron end up having this conversation about. It, it starts out kind of about Chiana and whether or not her painting works. And then Aaron kind of just starts bitching about how much Rigel and Chiana like going and looking at junk traders. Mm-hmm. 
And it's really in keeping with the theme of John this season that we've seen so far, of his overprotectiveness and not wanting to deal with the outside universe. You know what I say? I say we lock all of Moya's doors. We don't let anybody in. We don't let anybody out. That way we get no alien critters, no shape-shifting bugs, no mind-altering viruses, no freaky-deaky artifacts. If I had my way, I'd throw Rigel off the ship. Tiana, too, maybe. Huh? Rigel, I can sort of understand, but Chiana? She gets us into nearly as much trouble as Rigel does. Yeah, but she means well. Sometimes. That's not the point. Then what is the point? You know, even Rigel has his moments once in a while. Once in a great while. On balance, we'd probably be better off without him. <laughs> so they both have two approaches to keeping everybody safe. Aaron's is get rid of the troublemakers. And John's is close the doors and have them be living in a box forever and ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Neither one of them are exactly viable. But also kind of remember back that Aaron, other than John, Aaron is kind of the one that has the most emotional connection with Gianna. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. After, um, after taking the stone and even she is just kind of, I don't know. I think she's just kind of in a bad mood. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, this kind of reads more <laughs> as like her being in a bad mood than her actually wanting to kick Reg on Chiana off the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And they're chatting over, over lunch, something. It's really, I, I love the setting of that scene because they're, they're getting food. John's poking through all the, all the cabinets and everything. And it's just like a snack time conversation. And I just, I don't know. I love getting to see the little bits of everyday life that they have mm -hmm. in the background. And I get that the other reason that conversation is important is you have to really pay attention of how Aaron is talking about Chiana here, because later on, there's a, almost a complete about face that John mm -hmm. is really the only one that picks up on. Yeah. And so Zan has figured out that there's something going on. And she mm -hmm. ends up having a really intense conversation with John. And she's like, you know, and you can tell she's spooked. She's really, really spooked. And she tells him, when the time comes, I need you to do exactly as I say, quickly and without question. Yeah. And what I like about Zan here, too, is like, has she started hearing voices at this point? Yeah, she's hearing something. She's hearing something. And so she... She has something going on that she can't explain that she knows the others won't necessarily believe, necessarily believe. And her conversation with John that I really like about it is she's asking him to take it on faith and her, his faith in her. And, and he does without question. He says, yeah, absolutely. I can't speak for the others, but I've got your back. Like I trust you. And I just really love that affirmation that they still trust each other, that, even though she's got something going on that he doesn't understand, he trusts her judgment to make the right call. Mm -hmm. She's freaked out, She, but she can't find anything about the painting. And then Chiana starts screaming because now the painting is showing her being burnt alive. Yeah. It's, you know, I would be screaming too if I had a picture of me being burnt alive and things had already come true. Yeah. And so she she's screaming and she Dargo picks her up all manly and she's like <laughs> she wants to go to the the refrigeration unit the freezer yeah yeah because if you know if there's a picture of you being burnt alive you probably want to go to the one place where you know you will not be burnt alive exactly and so Aaron is kind of following along and she's like don't put her in there don't be an idiot she like she'll run out of air she's going to get really cold 
And John gives Zan the painting so that Zan can destroy it. Mm-hmm. And Chiana gets pushed into the refrigeration unit and she shuts herself in. And Dargo's standing there, like looking at her all concerned. Aaron is rolling her eyes. John's like on the fence concerned. <laughs> and then Chiana gets burnt alive. Dun, dun, in dun. the freezer. And they can't get the door open. And so it's this mysterious thing of like, why did she get burned alive in the freezer and this is where we were saying about Aaron comes back where they're all really hit by Shiana's death like she's a newcomer to the crew and yet and yet they all like are sad that she's gone Zan is praying in her apothecary area her research area but you hear her voice first but she's not doing the usual sign she's just kind of sitting there slumped over which is not usual for her at all when she's praying and Rigel is upset, and Dargo is upset, and Aaron goes to pilot. And I'm going to play that conversation right there because just in contrast to the previous conversation that she had with, with John, you can see how her feelings are playing out. There was nothing wrong with the freezer. Why couldn't you get the door open in time, then? Gianna must have jammed it when she closed it. All right. Could she have damaged the conduit when she pulled it shut? I've told you, no malfunction of Moyers caused that fire. Nor was it an error of control on my part. All right, I'm not, I'm not blaming you, pilot, but something had Aaron. to cause it. Knock it off. It's not your fault. Who said it was? Well, you're grilling pilot looking for a reason. You're not the reason. No, I'm not. Why would I be? You wanted her off the ship. I never said I wanted her dead, Crichton. Fine. Now, are you always going to do this? Do what? Keep the entire world at a distance. Keep everybody away. Is that ever going to change? Crichton. You could hear Aaron is just searching for any reason. And she even says she never wanted Shiana dead. It's like, you know how, was it, Empire Records, when they have the funeral for one of the characters mm-hmm. to, and when she's not dead yet? It feel, This is kind of feels that way because Shiana's gone and we kind of get to see everybody's reactions to that and how much they actually like her and mm-hmm. cared about her in their own ways. And I just, I just really like that dynamic playing out here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we as viewers kind of assume that Chiana isn't dead. But I really, really like that the show does. You know, mm-hmm. the show takes a few minutes to really give us their reactions. And you can see that Aaron is genuinely upset. And yeah. that and that it isn't just that, you know, it isn't just that thing of like when you're like, oh, God, I wish he would just die already. And then the person dies and you're like, oh, shoot, did I cause that? <laughs> you know, it's that she, you know, she does care about Chiana and she was just kind of blowing off steam, you know? Yeah. So I have a question for you. Mm hmm. When John calls Aaron on, like, why are you always this distant? Do you think he's overreacting there? I think a little bit. I mean, I think that he really cared about Chiana, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, so for him, this is very, very personal. And to be honest, this is how Aaron cares about people. Like, we just did have that really good and rich, you know, the way we weren't. And this kind of comes on the heels of that. And in in the way we weren't, she was just so emotionally raw and honest. And and now we're kind of seeing her go back to the Aaron we knew from season one. Do you know what I mean? And early season mm-hmm. two, where she's not. It's kind of one of those things where I think the way we weren't should be seen as an exception and not the rule. And I think John is going back to a place where he just wants Aaron to be more emotionally true. All the, like he wants somebody. 
it's kind of that age old thing with like women and men where (laughs) women are like, why won't you just talk about your feelings? And the men are like, because I feel fine. (laughs) Like like when you're like, how are you feeling? Fine. What does that mean? It means I feel fine. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that's kind of the the interaction that Aaron and John are having where she is expressing her feelings in the only way she knows how. And he's like, why won't you tell me your feelings, Aaron? And she's like, I am telling you in the only way I know how. Yeah, I really like that. I like that thinking of the way we weren't as the exception to the rule and and John kind of wanting that to be the rule instead of the exception. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, because I I also get the feeling that he's overreacting. It kind of, to me, reads the same way he overreacts to Dargo's decisions in Vetus Mortis and Shiana's decisions in taking the stone is that that kind of blowing up at the small thing that he shouldn't be blowing up at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and also he's really close to Chiana. He kind of sees her as like a younger sister, you know? That's true. That's definitely true. And then what is interesting is I want to play another clip because it's another reaction to Chiana's death. And it's Aaron gets in John's module because her prowler is undergoing maintenance. And so she gets in John's module to go track down the traitor that gave Chiana the painting. And she finds Rigel in the back seat. Because, <laughs> of course, Rigel is in the back seat. You think that I have a score to settle with this Kyvan, just as you do? Score to settle or a profit to make? Can't I accomplish both at once? Chiana was given a dangerous product. Kyvan therefore owes us restitution. Chiana's dead and all you're concerned about is getting compensation. Punitive damages. That's what Chiana would have wanted. She was quite a lot like me, you know. She had spirit, ambition, <laughs> large appetites. She would have made an excellent Hynerian. I'm actually going to miss her. One way or another, Kyvan will make restitution. <laughs> oh, Rigel. I just love that. Because we've kind of <laughs> talked about how Rigel and Chiana are a little bit like two sides of the same coin, you know, mm-hmm. where Chiana kind of tempers Rigel's more abrasive <laughs> you know, words. But at mm-hmm. the same time, she really is coming at a lot of things from his perspective rather than yeah. the rest of the crews. And this is the first time other than I think from Bugs Life was the last time they kind of really talked about how similar they are. And you can kind of see Rigel is a little bit, sh- you know, upset. About his yeah. best friend, his, you know, his, <laughs> his <laughs> junk looking buddy. <laughs> yeah. And he gives her the highest compliment. She would have made a wonderful Hynerian. Just love that. Mm. We kind of skimped a little bit on plot because the plot is very basic here. Maldus is laying a trap. The portrait is a trap. At this point, I think Dargo has already been sucked into the painting too. So Chiana's in the painting. When Dargo goes into the painting, he's stabbed through the chest by, I think, Aaron's Aaron's prowler. prowler. (laughs) 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 So that's when we find out that Chiana is not dead. She's inside the portrait and now Dargo's in the portrait and it's like this, I don't know, MC Escher kind of thing. It's not very complex, but they can't find each other because they're in different parts of it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, don't worry too much about that. So, Zan has meanwhile figured out stuff's going wrong and she's she's telepathically told John through their unity link the that they forged the bond that they forged in Rhapsody in Blue that she can't talk openly to him because somebody is listening so just play along. So John's playing along and Aaron and Rigel go to confront the traitor 
Uh, I've already forgotten their name. Doesn't matter. The traitor on the ship where they got Kai the portrait. Ven. Kai Ven. Okay. And to find out more about the portrait. And what I love about that scene is like Aaron's pissed off. And Rigel is kind of playing the good cop to her bad cop where he's like, you don't want to make her angry. Just answer the questions. Don't make her angry. And Aaron <laughs> is just like with the gun out, ready to shoot. And it's just, I just love Aaron and Rigel whenever they're together. There's something about that dynamic that's just really fun. I think that is one thing that Crackers Don't Matter really did well. Is it realized that the most interesting buddy pairing is Aaron Rigel? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when you get the two of them <laughs> together, it's just so funny. And it's so, you get Claudia Black able to do like these really neat emotional, you know, and, and comedy mm-hmm. beats that yeah. she doesn't really get a chance to do when she's with John or, or Dargo. And the other thing I want to talk about was the CGI mm-hmm. where this kind of goes back to the CGI from Vetus Mortis where like Dargo gets stabbed by the prowler and then he shatters like a crystal <laughs> and it literally is just exactly the same CGI from when Aaron and John were frozen in crystal in Vetus Mortis and then the crystal yeah. shatters and I was like oh okay they use that one again oh man yeah but so (laughs) Rigel and Aaron go off and they play good cop crazy cop (laughs) and And meanwhile back on Moya John gets electrocuted because his death was also foretold in the portrait so that was just Zan by herself with Pilot and (laughs) there's another great line from Pilot so Zan is is getting her plan in order because she has a plan with pilot and she, and she says, do you understand? And he's like, frankly, no, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just man. love that. So Zan is getting everything in order. She knows that Maldus is behind this now and she knows that she has to confront him and she's scared too. I mean, I think that's one of the really nice things about this. We don't have a lot from Zan because she's playing everything close to her chest. But you, throughout this whole episode, once she starts realizing things, you can see her fear and how scared she is of this situation. Because as Maldus points out, when he's got John in, as a captive audience, the last time she defeated him, she had the help of that red dude. And mm-hmm. the red dude died. But now it's just Zan by herself. So she's, she's going up against a powerhouse right now. And mm-hmm. even though he's weakened, he's still someone that frightens her. And that's something that definitely comes through with Zan throughout this episode. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is Zan told John to have Maldus focus on him. So he goes into the painting and he starts yelling at Maldus and then Maldus shows up because Maldus is the mustache twirling version of a villain, which means that he loves talking about his plant and he loves talking about himself. And so we get that kind of thing. And I don't know. I, I'll I, I just didn't, this Maldus was not as interesting as the first Maldus for me, which is saying something because I don't, I didn't really care for that old black magic. Yeah. Yeah. And, but at, at the same time, at least that Maldus was like a drama queen in the interesting sense. Yeah. He at least had a couple of costumes and I mean, what the old black magic was a, was a decent episode because of the other characters again. I mean, same with this one, like it's the characters around it's how our crew around Maldus dealing with the situation makes it interesting as opposed to Maldus himself. Mm-hmm. Like with that old black magic, I mean, honestly, in our review, we didn't talk about Maldus that much. No, 
No. Because there was a lot more interesting character stuff going on with Zan and... And Krace. You know, Krace. Yeah, Krace was, like, a big part. I don't, I don't know, but, I mean, like, I think that in that one, at least Maldus was, like, all drama and, you know, like, with mm-hmm. his Shakespearean collar and he was, like, <laughs> wah, you know, I don't know. And this Maldus yeah. was, like, he's on screen for, like, I don't know, maybe five minutes. I kind of tuned him out when he was speechifying, I'll be honest. Yeah, not super interesting. Anyway, so <laughs> Pilot relays a message to Aaron, and the message is... Actually, let's just play it. <laughs> Officer Soon, priority message from Zan. What is it, Pilot? Kill Kyven and get out of there fast. Acknowledged. <laughs> out. Now! <laughs> would happen. I didn't. And you shot Kyvan anyway? Kyvan said I should follow Zan's instructions without question. Did he? Well, he didn't bother to tell me. Of course not. When have you ever followed instructions? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But that's what I'm talking about with the trust that is so fun about this episode. You see them working as a team. Zan... John trusts Zan. Aaron trusts John. They both trust Zan. And there's no hesitation at all in Aaron. She just pulls her weapon and shoots. And it's just kind of beautiful to watch in a funny kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. And then Rigel's like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, Rigel <laughs> being left out. Actually, okay, Rigel being left out. Actually, there's a couple things. Because earlier in the episode when they were all talking about Chiana's death and Rigel was kind of blaming the rest of them for letting Chiana get killed and they're like well where were you you were probably eating or sleeping you know mm-hmm. and he was like well nobody bothered to tell me what was going yeah. on you know and Which he actually, a fair point yeah and he I mean and he actually is like a little bit hurt that he was left out of the drama you know yeah and I yeah. think here's the same thing where he's like, what? Why don't I get to be in? And they're like, because you, you're like terrible, Rachel. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's oh, exactly man. why. Yeah. I mean, I do like just the intense trust. Like she gets the message and there's no pause. It's like she mm-hmm. gets the message, pulls the gun, shoots, gets out with Rachel. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what I really like about it, about them coming together as a team again. So then Zan is sucked into the painting because she commits suicide, I think. Then she's in the painting, and then she kind of takes on Maldus, but at the same time, she's kind of afraid the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah, and she's, like, on the floor cowering, and Maldus thinks he's won at this point because cause he sees her on the floor. He, he doesn't... She's offering no real resistance to him, and he's walking on her body, and I'm just like, that has to hurt. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. He's, he's, she's lying down and he, he just walks like up her, this, her side and onto her head and stuff. And the message that pilot relays to Aaron is a distraction because Kaiven, the traitor is an extension of Maldus somehow. And don't worry, we have a great clip that explains everything. <laughs> but <laughs> the point being is that Zan's message to pilot to message Aaron who trusts the message because she trusts John, who trusts Sam. This is great. It's all working together. Is so that she can distract Maldus and destroy part of his power base so that she can then defeat him, which she does. And, oh my God, this is the best. So the, the painting has 
kind of has a doorway now onto the maintenance bay mm-hmm. where Aaron's prowler is. So the rest of them hightail it out um, after the fight. But of course, Maldus is going to make the, the great play for them. So they're all like popping out of the painting onto the floor and Shanna lands on top of Dargo and it's super cute. And they're like about to kiss. It's one of those like action movie moments, except they don't because they have to get out of the way. And they're all out. And then the giant hand comes, comes out, out of the painting. Maldus' hand is like the size of a person. And it's just hilarious. I kind of love it. So, yeah. And then they're shooting. And then John gets the prowler shooting. And they win. But the giant hand is the best. Yeah. I mean, I have to ask. Do you think that they... I mean, do you think that they took this seriously or did they know that it was going to be like terrible funny i don't know i have i actually do not have a good judgment call on that i hope that they thought it was going to be terrible funny because it's kind of terrible funny it's i mean it's very it's like sharknado (laughs) terrible funny do you know what i mean like the giant hand like reaching it like keeps reaching and grabbing at them like you know it's like a video game like one of those old arcade games where the boss is just this hand skittering around and you're in 2d and you have to run away from it (laughs) well and then like that's the other hilarious thing is like so zan is holding a drd and the drd is firing (laughs) and then they get the prowler firing and i'm like it's just so ridiculous it's completely ridiculous i think they must have had fun with it because they're usually pretty self-aware yeah well i mean and i think the ending definitely makes it clear that they were self-aware enough to know that this like was not (laughs) that this made no sense like okay because we talked about how farscape like a lot of times does not explain what's going on (laughs) in this case they explain what's going on and it's hilarious well they have to because it makes no sense otherwise so here's one of the last scenes of the episodes that's just really great Explain this to me, Froggy. Quentin comes back. He's not really electrocuted. Okay, Dargo comes back. Not a scratch on him. I come back. Nothing burnt. But I still got a busted leg. Why is that? Why ask me? I'm still trying to figure out the whole Moldus and Kyvan thing. Oh, no, no, no. Look, certainly that bit out for me. Okay. When Mattis recorporealized... Three what? Well, put himself back together. He couldn't yet break through to our physical plane, so he had to manipulate matter to form Kaipen in her ship and create the painting, which would not only bridge both realms, but also allow, well, play on our fears, which would allow him to capture us and grow even stronger. Clear? Then, when Aaron blasted Kaipen, which was actually just a temporary extension of Maldus, it weakened Maldus enough for Zan to make her move. Simple. But why? I mean, how did Zan? (laughs) Best not ponder questions like these. They'll only make your head hurt. Forget about it. Sit back and enjoy the happy ending. What happy ending? My priceless Hynerian tiara is gone. Vanished. Just like Kyvan in a ship. Huh. Well, we can't have everything, Rige. I can't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> so, did you catch all that? Because Chiana just explained the entire plot. Because I am 100% sure that this was, like, the episode pitch. And then they're like, okay, this makes no sense. We actually have to explain it to the audience because it is that confusing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, okay, that alone makes it, they had to have been self-aware enough to know that this was bad. Yeah. Well, as I said, it's like, I don't think it's a terrible episode. There's definitely been ones that are worse. But as I said, the character stuff saves it. But yeah, the actual plot plot of it, because it's not even a proper prophecy episode in terms of the usual tropes. Mm-hmm. It's more like just a revenge con job. Yeah. Like, all this is, you know, made up this entire 
elaborate plot with a painting and a fake person and a fake ship just so that he can get revenge on Zan. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very complicated <laughs> con job. I mean, for that matter, why didn't he just make the painting appear on Moya? That yeah, would have right? made more sense. Like, if a random painting appears and then all of a sudden it's predicting the future, you know, that would be more scary than just like, oh, we picked up this painting at a trader and, like, 15 minutes later it's telling us our death. And you're like, what? Yeah. Why? Oh. And then why didn't Kaivin just disappear after Kaivin no longer had a purpose? Like, I don't understand why Kaivin had to exist. Why? Well, I think part of that was that this is part of that whole bridging the two worlds thing. So Maldus can't fully function in the material world. And so he created Kaivin and that gave him like a battery kind of thing because it existed in the real world. Don't ask me how this works. I don't get it. But that's what I took away from it. And so it weakened him when he no longer had a foothold in the material world. Okay. I mean, he's not a material girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like when I was watching this, I was like, okay, I mean, it's not awful, but I think it's interesting how Farscape can fit so much into like, for example, the way you weren't. And then mm-hmm. for an episode that is exactly the same amount of time, we have picture, if you will. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. But we do have Dargo and Chiana being cute. Yeah. Dargo and Chiana being like a new cutesy couple to kind of, go with our angsty John and Aaron. Yes. Yes. So what would you rate this episode? Oh my God. Like on a two and a half, maybe a two. Yeah. I would say this is more two, two and a half also. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not great. It's not awful. It's definitely not like one of their solid mid-level average ones. So yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. It's not like, it's not terrible. Like when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is not as bad as I remember it being. <laughs> I remember it being significantly worse. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like weird though, because I feel like a two is like such a scale of magnitude off from example of five. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever I rate things, it's like, I don't know. I said this in season one a lot, but my scale is a little messed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still better than Jeremiah Crichton and still better than Back and Back and Back to the Future. Yeah, those episodes were awful. Those episodes were really terrible. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think this is actually about on par with Old Black Magic, except, I don't know, there was more going on in Old Black Magic. See, the thing, yeah, the difference between this and Old Black Magic, like, Zan is the central person doing the major stuff, but here, because she's she's not telling anybody about it, it feels like you're missing half the story. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you really need a Zan point of view or a Zan introspection or something to get at what she's going through, because we really don't get enough of that. And I think that's the difference between this and that old black magic, where you can really see the effects of Maldus and the whole situation and the whole torture thing that she had to do to cause pain in the old black magic that you're missing here. Well, and also in old black magic, you pointed out we have that great Crace stuff. We have Crace and John and like kind of answering some some questions and I don't and you get Crace backstory yeah a lot of that helps a lot with that episode too oh my gosh you know what I forgot to mention in I'm so sorry I completely forgot to mention this in the way we weren't um because there was just so much other great stuff (laughs) I think it is completely twisted that Crace was the one who designed the project to make Talon Oh, right. And then Crace is the one that gets Talon in the end. Mm -hmm. In my notes, I was like, oh, my God, that's so effed up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
definitely. Okay. I mean, that's a that's a way we weren't comment, but anyway. Yeah. I, I just that's okay. It. Do we have much for wardrobe watch this week? No, I think everybody's wearing what they usually wear. Everyone's settled in fairly early to what their season two outfits are, but we'll keep an eye on them as oh, we go along. Isn't Erin wearing that vest that like review reveals her navel though? Yeah, but she was she wears that. That's one of her season two outfits though. But yeah, yeah. it's it's unzipped a lot in this episode. Yeah, it's like you see a lot of like her belly. Yes, <laughs> which I'm not complaining true. about. Like I don't know anybody <laughs> to complain about that, but yeah. All right. So what do we got next week? So next week we have Home on the Remains, which is another Chiana episode actually. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a Western feel to it, too, as I remember. I don't know. Yeah. It's like the, the Western mining episode. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Some cool stuff. Well, if you like us, please review us on iTunes. We are Farscape Friday podcast at Gmail, Tumblr, and Dreamwith. We are Farscape Friday at on Twitter. Um, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear any hilarious commentary you have on this episode and the giant <laughs> hand at the end. <laughs> Uh. All right. Well, take care and we will see you next week. Bye.